everybody, I'm Taylor Onion, and this is Power the Journey. We are powered by GamePlan with a focus on e-learning, career and mentorship services, and data-driven feedback. GamePlan is the only all-in-one platform for total athlete development on and off the field. Partnered with over 300 athletic organizations at various levels, GamePlan is uniquely positioned to guide high school, college, and professional athletes through 100% of their journeys. For more information, visit GamePlan at wearegameplan.com. That's wearegameplan.com. All right, as I mentioned, I am your host, Taylor Onion, and we spend time talking to folks in all aspects of athletics, from administrators to some of our content partners and beyond. Today's guest uh, is a friend, is a, an athletic administrator uh, who happens to work at my alma mater. Uh, Liz Reyes is the assistant director for, assistant athletic director, excuse me, for student athlete development at the University of Illinois. She has oversight and leadership of the Illini Way Student Athlete Development Program and serves on the leadership team of the Department of Intercollegiate Athletics Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Prior to Illinois, she's worked with the Cleveland Browns and the University of Arkansas, Baylor, and Washington. Liz, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, Taylor. Thanks so much for having me today. Absolutely. Excited to to get into a little conversation here. But the podcast, as I just mentioned, is titled Power the Journey. So would love to kick things off with you having us tell, tell us a little bit about your journey to date. Yeah, um, my journey starts in the Pacific Northwest. Shout out to all my West Coasters or Pacific Northwest folks. Uh, I feel like I don't come across them too much in the Midwest or um, kind of lately in my last couple of, of moves, but I am originally from the Northwest. Um, my career was highly influenced from my family background, um, being Mexican and my parents immigrating from Mexico up the West Coast. They landed up in Washington and from a very, very young age, and from working in the fields with them, I understood the value that education had and the value of an American dollar. Um, I knew early on that whatever I was going to do with my with my career, I was going to do it at the highest level, and that I was going to um, try to be the best at whatever it, it is that that I was going to pursue. So, education, like I mentioned, really resonated with me at a young age. And luckily, when I moved to college, to the University of Washington. I stumbled across an office that kind of intersected two of my big interests, one being education and academia, the other, we, other being athletics. My background is in competitive cheer. I cheered in high school, college, and I also coached for about nine years at a club gym, and I was also an instructor with the National Cheerleaders Association as well. Uh, so I stumbled across the student athlete academic services office at UW and was not sure what I was getting myself into. Uh, luckily, like I said, it, it intersected both areas, athletics and academics, and I absolutely fell in love. I uh, started off as a work study student in the tutoring office, hiring and training tutors, ordering the materials and ensuring that they had all that they needed to be successful in their appointments with student athletes. And then that branched off to working in the student athlete development office as an intern that branched off to working with an academic advisor to build a campus and community outreach program. And then eventually branched off to being an interim academic advisor when I was in graduate school. So I had a really great undergraduate experience and four years of experience in student athlete support. Um, I wanted to reach beyond my comfort zone and, and try something new. I wanted to go out of the state, move, move far away, just to challenge myself and kind of see quote, what's out there. Um, from there, I started my career at, at Baylor University, as you mentioned, doing academic support services for the men's and women's track teams. Stumbled across really great mentors there at the time. 
and great organizations such as N4A, such as Women Leaders in College Sports. My mentors there really encouraged me to network, to meet folks along the way, to understand common and current trends. Um, and then from there, I went to the University of Arkansas for that next step up in academic support. I was assistant director for football academics there and uh, started my PhD there, which I'm still trying to wrap up. I know you can, I know you can relate, Taylor. Um, and before I left there, I was doing the athlete development. I was more in the athlete development space doing employer relations for our teams there. And again, I was wanting to reach out of my comfort zone. I, I always had an interest in pro sports. So I decided to move on to the Cleveland Browns. There I did community outreach and alumni relations, had a really great experience, learned a lot. And it was, it's funny to look back on it now because when I was there, this was at the brink of NIL legislation passing in college athletics. So I got to see the athlete from a completely different lens from a, from a business standpoint. Um, both the athlete and the organization. So that was a really great experience. And then after that, I spent one year with the Browns. And after that, I came to the University of Illinois. Um, like, I, like you mentioned, uh, I've been here two years overseeing our Illini Waste and Athlete Development Office. We have a strong squad. Um, really, very fortunate to be here. So that was a long intro, but that's kind of the entire journey. I have a lot to say, maybe because I've been to a lot of a lot of places in a lot of states. I have to keep track now these days. I'm like, is it four or is it five? I think I'm at five. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I feel uh, very similarly when I'm doing my intro because I'm like, well, I was at this at the University of Illinois, Southern Illinois, Western yeah. Illinois, and all these other places in between as well. So I feel you there. Uh, so I want to, there's a couple of things you mentioned that I, I want to go back to. So uh, you mentioned your parents and working in the fields, farmers. Yes, we have that in common as well. Wow, uh, we yes. Were, yeah, we were in the fields, the most common fields, and I almost said it, in back home in Washington, are onion fields, potato fields, a little bit of corn. We don't do it like Illinois does. Wow, I, I, <laughs> I see how, how the corn grows here. A little bit of that. Um, and then I would also say orchards, Washington apples, those come from Washington, yes. that's the name, and cherries. Um, so yeah, we spent every summer there growing up working in the fields um, from, from when I can remember, I think I was in kindergarten through like seventh and eighth grade every summer. Wow. So that was, uh, that was a really great growing experience. It was good. That's awesome. There's uh, no pun intended with the with the growing experience there, right? <laughs> right, right. I, uh, I'm always so eager to hear about, this is a sidestep, obviously, but I'm always so eager to hear about people and other people who are in farming, because to me, growing up in Illinois, if you're a farmer, it's corn and soybeans, and maybe you have, you know, uh, uh, cattle or pigs or something as well. But there's this whole other world of farming, and even being in Florida, strawberries and and you yeah. know more of the the fruits and vegetables that just never even crossed my mind. Although right. with the last name Onion and we're farmers, of course they thought Onion Farms was literally onions, sure. right? But yeah. not yeah. the case. Not the case. Um, so you you mentioned you talked a little bit about your transition from being in college athletics, moving to the pro side, and then coming back to college athletics. So I want to talk a little bit more about that and and really, I mean, what that was like. You touched a little bit on NIL, kind of when you made that change. So maybe let's start with how how have your experiences, the experiences you had on the pro side, how do you feel those have helped you now being back in the college athletic side? Yeah, I would say it's helped a lot on the creative and innovative side of things. 
um, like in, in our roles here in Sternality Development, every time we are building a program and partnering with folks, whether it be folks from campus, our alumni office, folks in the community, I always have like a, a just a different lens on how we can maximize the opportunity on how we can think about who else needs to be in the room and how can we help storytell what we are doing as practitioners and then also what kind of incredible experience our student athletes are receiving at the time. Um, so in, in, the, in the league, there's a lot of talk about how does what we're doing enhance our brand? Is what we're doing gonna give us a leg up on the Patriots, on the Ravens? Is what we're doing any different? Is what we're doing going to set us apart and allow us, you know, to get further with our audience, you know, are they going to have an inside peek into what we do and to what the lives of, student, of the of the athletes are. Um, so I just kind of have always have that lens whenever I'm stepping into brand new projects or meetings or meeting with folks, whether it be coaches, executives, student athletes, or our own team. We always talk about how can we maximize the opportunity with what we have available. And sometimes I love it I love when we have a lot of those brainstorming sessions because we try to think outside of the box. We try to think about the smallest details up, up until the more broader, grandiose details. But that's something that's really helped me transitioning from the pros to, to this position back in college athletics. The other thing I just remembered, I'm, I'm going to go, I came forward now, I'm going to go back again. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, so and another thing we have sort of in common, my mom was also a college cheerleader and loves so, you know, I mean, if you met her, you would be like, oh, this makes sense. Of course you were a cheerleader. <laughs> but I'm curious to know how your experiences uh, as a college cheerleader, how have those kind of lent themselves to, you know, what you're doing now in your career? There are some spaces where cheerleading is like an alternate uh, entity to college athletics. At some schools, it's weaved right into college athletics and, and cheerleaders are athletes. There's always, it seems like whatever institution I've been at, that's always been a conversation. Like, are they included in student athlete development or the, the yeah. new student athlete orientation and how does that work? So I'm curious to hear your perspective there. Hmm. That's a great question. <laughs> I probably would answer differently than what you would expect. Um, just based off of my own experience. Um, here at the University of Illinois, we're kind of in the gray space where sometimes we do include them and sometimes we don't include them uh, on the athlete side of things. Um, we don't work with them too closely here. Um, personally, selfishly, or just my own personal opinion, when I was a cheerleader, it was the same scenario. And I was totally fine because I'm like, we are competing, we are traveling, we have performance requests coming out of our ears like I don't care I don't care if I don't get the Nike cool zip up that the football player has like I have way more other things to take care of and focus on than to be fighting over that zip up that they just got like so there's some small little tedious conversations or just disagreements on that on what kind of access they have and you know what they're included on so like I said probably this is probably not a popular response but I know for myself, when I was an undergraduate student, student athlete, or when I was doing that um, with cheer, I don't know, I think I was way more ambitious, or I just had other bigger fish to fry than to be worried about some of those conversations. Um, so yeah, not not probably not the most friendly, positive response. But that's, I mean, I, I think it depends on school too, right? A lot yeah. of that. And, and I think part of the 
part of the conversation is this need to compartmentalize people, right? So whether it's the marching band or cheer or the spirit yeah. squad or whatever it is, but I think it depends on how the culture is set at the school. At some schools, yeah. the, you know, the, the cheer team and some of those other, you know, teams or spirit squads or whatever, they're really closely enmeshed with the sure. athletes because of the spaces that they either work out in or train in or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the case across the board. So I do think it is, yeah. I just, I'm always interested to hear from a selfish perspective because I've been in schools yeah. who have, you know, kind of both ways and there's no, it, just like with student athlete development, there is no one size fits all. So it just right. depends on, on the culture yeah. of diversity. And- And I also, I think I hold that perspective too, because as a cheerleader, you're operating and working in the spaces so much like an athlete, like training and practices and competing and the stress of that. And then like the other part of me is also, also understands the demands that our band has. And I'm like, they have so much going, they have, again, they have requests coming out of their ears too, and they have to specialize in what they're doing and how they're doing it. And so a part of my perspective comes, well, if cheer gets all of this access, or if you're going to give cheer all this access, why don't you give our band members the same equal access too? like, you're just going to stop the buck halfway and say cheer can have this and the band can't. So right. I feel, I feel some sort of way about that. Yeah. It's interesting too. I mean, even to look at it at, and I won't, you know, continue to, to <laughs> harp on this here, but it's interesting even to think about it from like a high school level to a college level where high school it's extracurricular. So I wouldn't necessarily say at my high school, it was the case, but at most high schools, the the folks who are in band probably are not also the athletes. So there is some separation there, but in some cases there's, there's crossover and anyway, moving on. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, just a, just an interesting uh, uh, side conversation there, but so you mentioned that you've been at Illinois for about two years now, which is crazy because it feels both longer than that. And like, it also hasn't been that long. I'm sure you also feel that way a little bit, but tell us a little bit about your current role. You know, what's the, what's the day-to-day for you? Yeah. My current role is an exciting one. I love it. Um, we have a staff of three and we're all relatively new. Um, Two of the three of us started during COVID. So we kind of started in the middle of a black, I call it the black hole (laughs) because You couldn't meet anyone. You couldn't go outside and like explore the all that champagne has to offer mm-hmm. the college town. Uh, but we made it through just like everybody else. Um, so I say that to say that this last academic year was our first year in person. And even in the fall, not all of the things that we wanted to do could we roll out just just with COVID, like being out in the community. I think in the fall, we were not out in the community until about... October, November. So it was like the the latter half of the semester. Um, But we have some really exciting things going on here that I'm I'm super blessed and fortunate to be a part of. Um, In my day-to-day, of course, oversee our three staff members, but we have a great team that each one of them is independent to run their own area. So we have several different pillar areas similar to many institutions across the country. Um, our areas include NIL education, diversity, equity, and inclusion education, career preparation and readiness, leadership development, SAC or student athlete advisory committee, um, community outreach and engagement, um, and then our, our onboarding of first-year student athletes during the summer and the fall. So your typical pillar areas we have 
um, and our staff members, everybody oversees about three or so, three of those different areas. And so it's it's kind of great because we have independency to run our different areas, but then we also do, to be successful, we need to collaborate um, so that, you know, where the wheels are moving forward and we're, and we're being efficient in our processes. And also we all have a caseload of, of sports teams that we work with. So we're the point person for all of those areas for our respective teams. We each have about five to six different teams that we work with. Um, and then I, I say I'm blessed too because there's some really great, really great and cool projects that I'm involved in with our senior staff and executive team. Um, for one example of them um, is our I Matter initiative, um, knowing that student athletes are managing a lot throughout, you know, just their college experience. One of the one of the one of those things being social media and social media harassment. How are they navigating that space? Do they know how to cope with social media harassment? What are the resources available? What do they do if they see a teammate that's coping through it and you know trying to brush it off? But it's really, it's really an issue. How how are we helping student athletes in that space? So, um, our executives kind of had this great idea of creating a task force for our I Matter initiative, and me and another staff, senior staff member are co-leading that project. And we, we developed, and this last year, we developed an I Matter campaign that was rolled out um, right before the Men's and Women's Basketball Championship Tournament. And we provide a lot of education on that. We were all over social media. Our coaches did a lot of videos. Our student athletes did a lot of videos. We have some new resources that we're going to be rolling out. Um, but the, the task force is charged with being vocal about the importance of Yes, being competitive, but also remembering that the student athlete is so much more than the athlete. There's so many different layers. Some of them are parents, students, you know, mothers, daughters. Um, so just uh, there's a lot of great work involved in that. And uh, the, the other half of that is helping educate our coaches, educate our staff on how to help student athletes as they navigate through that space. So that's an example of one cool project that's new that we're building from the ground up. Um, there's about three or four other projects like that, that I didn't foresee um, having oversight of or being involved in, um, but they've kind of sprung up and, and I've enjoyed the challenge and I, I always like stepping into a new space and help building it with others. Yeah, I think that's one of the more, I mean, I've seen it, of course, because I'm still getting alumni email. So, and I, you know, still follow all the social media, so I'm, I'm familiar with it. But I think there's something unique about that in that, you know, the, the athletic department obviously has taken the time and put together a, a task force to say, we're going to address this head on because it is an issue for our athletes. Did that come up organically? Was it, you know, folks at SAC who said, Hey, this is something we're dealing with repeatedly and we don't know what to do. How did, how did it come about? Yeah. A lot of our student athletes had social media, like attacks and hits similarly, as you could expect across the board, but it happened a lot with some of our key programs, such as men's basketball the previous year there was a lot of harassment that happened um, with a lot of our student athletes our women's gymnastics team also had a lot of shots at them our volleyball team also had a lot of shots at them so these are some of our teams that are the most successful and most visible um, but of course if you look at it across the board just about every student athlete on every program is being social social is being harassed on social media um, so a little bit of both, it happened organically just because there was a lot of backlash um, with some of those premier sports programs and then, and taking a step back, we're like, wow, there's actually all of our teams are getting this. So what can we do to be proactive and what can we do more than that um, to support them? Yeah. 
Absolutely. I'll be eager to see what resources continue to, to roll out as that team, you know, keeps working together. So you, you touched a little bit on some of the pillars um, that you'll have as far as student athlete development programming goes. Now, are you offering programming? I guess I should just broadly say development for student athletes only student athletes and staff. Is there any crossover there at all? Or, or is, is your unit only focused on the athlete? Our unit is focused only on the student athlete. However, we do need to provide some education to our academic services friends. Like for example, we are in the weeds of NIL education. Um, Maddie Dunker, who's our coordinator in student development, she's done an incredible job of leading the initiatives in the NIL space with Cam, um, Cam Cox, our director of our NIL program. Um, we've got several different initiatives with campus, with two different colleges. We also have other education sessions that we're providing throughout the year. So because we're operating that space on the daily, our academic friends are not, they have other responsibilities and other hot fires to put out. We're educating them on what's happening in the NIL space. Um, we're also educating them on, on just new initiatives that we have. So the, the I Matter campaign, for example, that's something that came out um, and they were involved in. So we're educating them on, on what's available so that when they're providing support to their student athletes on the academic side, they're well versed and know what resources and what initiatives exist that can support them. Um, I had another example too. On, in the career development space, it's a pretty exciting space. And one thing I didn't mention, we work a lot with our alumni office Either um, we have our alumni come in as keynote speakers, we have them involved in our mentorship program through Game Plan, shout out Game Plan for that, um, through different leadership initiatives as well. And they're really heavily involved in our career development space too. So this year, we reinstating our reinstated our networking night, which was great. We our our guests were half local employers and half alumni. And then uh, about two weeks ago, we had our inaugural Chicago career tour, um, which also included alumni. So these new initiatives are coming out of our office. We like to educate our, our academic peers, and then also if I'm if I'm looking at this closely, our coaches too. Sometimes we're doing a lot of great things, and they're like. Oh, we didn't know y'all had that. That could have that would have been good for me to pitch during recruiting. Uh, so we like to inform them with either on the front end of what's happening soon or on the tail end, like to, to share what, what we um, had in recapping whatever came out of our office. So a little education on the peer level and with coaches. That I think what you just described is such a good way to bridge some of the gap that exists between whether it be just academic or academic and student athlete development staffs and the rest of an athletic department. A lot of times it feels like operating on an island. And I know in Champaign specifically, those, those of you who are in student athlete development, academics, at least when I was there, were in a completely different building than the rest of the athletic staff. So Irwin versus being at Bielefeld for, for some of the rest of the folks, which I had the wonderful opportunity to spend time in, in both through my graduate assistantship. But yeah. um, what do you think, you know, in, in thinking through that and thinking through additional ways besides just education to kind of bridge those those gaps and and make sure that um, for lack of better phrasing that's it's an inclusive environment across the entire athletic department what does that look like especially for for those of you who have those separate buildings like that yeah no it's it's super key for us to maintain communication and 
It's a, that's a very interesting question too, because you have some administrators or some coaches who have a lot going on. And so you're trying to be mindful of their time, but then you also want them to be well-informed of what's happening right underneath their nose in our Atlanta Waste Management Development Office. So we try to give them a communication that's short and sweet. What does uh, Patty Phillips say? She says, um, brief and brilliant. I want yeah. to Yep. Brief, we we live off of brief and brilliant. That's like our go-to. So anytime we have communication coming out of our office, it is very brief. It is very to the point. Like me personally, I hate paragraph emails. Like I'm like, okay, I have to separate for five minutes. Let me read through the five paragraphs. What's my actual action item? What do you need from me? Like by when? And I hate diving in to the paragraphs to find those details. So I know what that's like. So when we output information, if it's a simple graphic to the point on what we're doing, when it's happening and who it's for, we try to be very brief and concise with that. Um, if it's matters that are more important, such as a, an end of the year award show, or if it's such as a new signature career program, such as our Chicago career tour, that's fresh on my mind. Um, we do kind of up the ante a little bit on communication. We get support administrators. We, we might blind copy them so that they're aware of it. Uh, we might go over to their offices and say, hey, you know, here are some flyers or here are some things that we're doing that we love your sports teams to get involved and the same thing with coaches too um, like for, for example we had a women's career development program this spring and our staff went out to practices went out and got in front of coaches to kind of pitch our program and share what we wanted to do with the program um, so yeah depending on on how big the program is or how critical it is for us to be there um, we'll communicate over email, in person, drop by a couple times. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of how we operate with the communication to those external groups too. Our, and we can't, let me not forget, our fundraising development friends, they are really our BFFs. We've, we've, uh, we've done some good things in this, in this last year and I'm excited for what's to come. They have been great, like I mentioned, great, great allies with having our alumni, great alumni such like Taylor Onion um, <laughs> involved in our programs. Absolutely. I'm always happy to, to come back for a little orange and blue, you know? Yes. Um, so I'm going to shift gears just slightly here. So uh, since you have been at, at Illinois, we touched on the black hole. Now, during that time, everything was virtual. We've shifted back last year, I would say maybe it was a hybrid for most people where beginning of the year, more virtual, end of the year, starting to get more in-person stuff. This year, likely to be either only in-person, maybe a combination. Um, I'm curious to know, and and we've seen, I think, I think some different feedback across the board from athletes where some of the virtual stuff was awesome because then they're not having to, at whatever time at night after they've had their whole day, come back and, you yeah. know, whether it's for a quick session or whatever it is. So I think the the hybrid aspect of student athlete development, I don't anticipate being something that goes away. I don't know if you feel the same, but I'm curious to know, um, I'm curious to know moving forward, will you continue using both of those pieces? Will you shift mostly toward in-person? What's kind of the philosophy for y'all? Yeah, that's a good question. We are continuing in-person COVID willing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I seriously, I didn't mention this earlier, but I just about almost um, pivoted with my career during COVID because it was just uh, a little too much for myself as a single individual person in a brand new college town. Like, so 
all that to say that we're hoping COVID uh, will allow us to stay in person. Um, we're actually in the middle of planning out our next year and what it's going to look like. I literally, my meeting before this was meeting um, with our staff to talk about our programs for next year, what makes sense, what's unrealistic. Um, we are really high on having individualized one-on-one -on -one support. So for example, we have um, one of our, our key, key areas in our office are what we call our career counseling appointments, our CCAs, but it's really a catch-all conversation with student athletes beyond their career. We talk about every single pillar area, whether they're a first year, a sophomore, a seventh year, COVID senior, um, we're touching on all of those things and we're, it's, it's a big intake meeting and it's great now that we're in our second year or wrapped up our second year, we, we were able to see how we moved the needle and you know, with some student athletes that had an interest of getting an internship, but they were just their first year. Did they have a resume now? Did they get an internship or are they still looking for those things? So it's a big intake meeting where we find out what the main interests of our student athletes are. And then we, of course, guide them and counsel them in those different areas that they're taking positive strides forward in those different areas. Um, but I say that to say for this next year, definitely our CCAs will continue. Those are a must. Um, and allows our student athletes to get to know us a little bit better. And then a lot of additional meetings come out of that one meeting. Um, so that's what, you know, that's what we love. Um, but we're also peeling back a little bit on some of our programs. We want to have more robust programs and not offer so many that we're spreading our staff too, th too thin and that we're also asking student athletes to be at everything. I always share, you know, when we're saying that this is important. You need to, you know, be in the community. You have a huge platform. Come out and help us reach these kids. But then also next week we have our big networking night. It's our key program for the career development space for this fall semester. But then also don't forget, you know, you need to capitalize on NIL. You know, so when you have so much going on and you're saying that everything is important, quote, everything is important, what's really important, you know, it just becomes white noise at the end. So we're peeling back on the number of programs and increasing more of our one-on-one -on -one individualized support. So it's a, it's a little bit of both, but maybe take brain down on the offerings and the program offerings. I gotcha. I think the, the, at least in my experience, probably a lot of shops across the country could, could take a page out of that book <laughs> in terms of, of what's been, you know, offered. And especially, gosh, when it was virtual, it was like, it's virtual, so why don't we offer four things a week? And how right. oh, oh god! <laughs> even even different... as a staff member, I think we were overshooting, kind of what we wanted. Quote wanted. Yep. I remember. I don't know about you, but I remember being on like so many professional development like zooms, and I'm like trying to work, but I'm like, I gotta go to this NCAA one. I gotta go to this women leaders one. I have to go to this N4A one. I have to go to this one from campus, and then at the end you're either exhausted or you it just becomes white noise because you got so much and you're like where where am i really at and what did i really take away from that right right so. what just happened is the is the question i had to ask myself a lot during that time i think um okay so shifting kind of into our, our final couple of questions here so one uh, what do you think is the single most important piece of student athlete development? And I'll ask you that coming obviously freshly off of the white paper and the presentation that y'all did at, at N4A to, to set some standards for student athlete development for us. Uh, Taylor, <laughs> the most important area. Hmm. 
I'm going to say something that hopefully catches a lot of areas. I'm going to say the most important critical piece is allowing student athletes to think of themselves beyond athletes. Um, mm -hmm. May sound very cliche for me to say, but I love, I love, I love my job because I, I am challenged with having student athletes walk into my office with only blinders on and one game plan, no pun intended, in <laughs> um, sight. And I like the challenge because after conversations and the growth of our relationship, they end up understanding that they are so much more than an athlete, that they have so much more to offer and they have many resources available at their fingertips and they can build themselves from the beginning of their journey. They don't have to wait until they're a seventh year COVID senior to build a mentorship program, to build their own camp. I have to um, shout out one of my student athletes. His name's Taylon. Let's see. He's on our football, football program, part of our football program. And, um, he is one that I met during COVID on Zoom. And he's like, and you know, on COVID, during COVID, we're like trying to figure each other out. You know, students are like, who is this new person? Why do I got to meet with them? Oh, great, another Zoom, right? And so again, I kind of have a chip on my shoulder, like the challenge. I'm like, it's important for us to meet. Let me, let me share with you what we have to offer and how I can help. I can help you with whatever you want to build. Um, that has spiraled into, he has, and this is all him. So shout out to him. We just suggested, you know, we just gave him the tools and he has run with it. He's um, a very, very ambitious young man, um, but he has his own foundation. Uh, he has a job. He is a father. He last year kicked off his first annual football camp. Um, he may or may not have lived here for two weeks straight, but he put it together. And now he's like doing it on his own. It's his second annual um, orange and blue football camp and he's added a backpack drive and next year he wants to do the camp the backpack drive and he also wants to do like a college experience a college tour with local youth him being a mentor to many others in the community and being somebody that's visible to minority groups is super super important for him that's his passion but I mean I am like I look back I'm like I met you on zoom and you did you first of all did not want to meet with me second of all the last thing you wanted to do was to create a resume but I pushed you I said this was important and now you're out here literally you are running your life how you want and it's incredible to see like and he's he's got a year or so left of being with us so Right. And so many things like yeah. from not having a resume to now so many things to be able to put on said resume. That's awesome. Yeah. He's had, he has several business ventures and is a whole, like he is thriving and capitalizing on everything and all the resources, everything that, that is available here at the university of Illinois. And, and, and that's, that's a long answer to your question, but I think the greatest challenge or the greatest need is in allowing student athletes to understand that they are so much more and they can build so much more if they just took off the blinders and were willing to look up a little bit. Yep. That's awesome. That is awesome. Okay. Last question. Uh, if you could turn back the dial and talk to your 18 year old self, what might you say? Oh, 18 year old self. I would say, um, 
yeah, everything's going to be worth it. Enjoy the journey. Everything's going to be so worth it. Every high top success and every very low lonely valley, they're both going to be worth it. And it's just a part of the ride. Um, I'm sure you have good people around you. Stick with positive people who are going to help build you up, challenge you. Um, and they're going to be supportive regardless if your location is at a high top or out of valley. That's what I would say. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Liz, thank you so much. Future Dr. Liz. I should have asked that too. So you, did I see that you're now all but dissertation? We, I'm ABD, we, baby. Yes. All right. All, all right. Yes. Wait, I have to ask you where you're like writing now, right? You're in your disc. I am. I finished uh, chapter four last week and am like probably halfway ish through five right now. So I'm trying. My plan is end of the week to get a, a draft over to major professor. So you are so goals. I'm I'm moving. I'm moving. You are. Well, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For where you're at. That's incredible. The same to you. It is it is not an easy journey to get to the ABD phase. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It was great to hear more about what's going on at, at Illinois and, and all the wonderful things you've been up to. Thank you, Taylor. really appreciate your support and the support of Game Plan. Y'all have been incredible partners through the thick of it, through it all. Um, and we can't thank you enough for all that you do for us and all that you allow us to do to facilitate a lot of these support areas for our student athletes. Absolutely. All right. If you enjoyed our conversation today, please let us know. You can like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check back in next week as we interview another industry leader. And don't forget, your journey has power.